Hey everybody, welcome back to the Great and Terrible AHS. We are covering episode 4 of season 1, which is called Halloween. They can just do that. You can just have a horror <laughs> show and name an episode Halloween still, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's taken, right? I'm like, you know what? Let's go around the round table. I'm here with joined by Slow Beef and Miss Shadow Lovely. Hey Beef, uh, do you think you should be allowed to make an episode named Halloween of a horror show in 2023? <laughs> You'd think at this point, you'd know that's kind of like, you know, trod territory or whatever, but uh, no, apparently not. So, you know. <laughs> any any opinions, Liz, on, on your end? <laughs> no, but they love it so much that the next episode of their TV show is also called Halloween. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is one of two episodes they have named Halloween in a row. This and there, It's and... like Halloween. This is going to take us a little while to tell. <laughs> It was so funny, too, because like opening up with that, I was like, oh, so it's going to be all about Halloween. And then there is a point in this episode and I don't think we'll get to it in today's cast, but it is in the episode that they build up to that made when it happened. I went, oh, my God, it's they have stupid ghost rules explicitly for Halloween. <laughs> and that's what they're all getting in, up in their own shit about. Mm -hmm. And it is outrageous um there is one of the most telegraphed surprises i think i've ever seen in a show where it was just like within 14 frames or so of the scene starting up roughly half a second or so mm. you could tell oh this character is going to x and you'd be right it whoo <laughs> well we have a lot to get through as far as um the worst psychiatrist of all time <laughs> <laughs> so uh shall we get started with a very confusing flashback regarding oh apples where God. no one knows what the fucking apple is i guess i truly almost had a breakdown with this opening sequence like you don't understand the crisis that this opening sequence gave me um yep. as is tradition we open on murder house at a different point in time a flashback at murder house with a different owner um, this time it's three days before Halloween in 2010. I don't remember when American Horror Story season one came out, but I'm assuming it was later than that um, because it would be weird to set the present day in the future. Um, so they have alluded to up until now that the previous owners were the gay couple, and this is who we're watching now. Um, it, the episode opens with like very evident stock witch cauldron bubbling sound effects um which is odd because that's not um happening anywhere uh <laughs> they're just playing it really loudly over this scene and we're kind of getting like a little montage of one of our uh two husbands um chad um just going all out for halloween like handcrafting decarations carving marie antoinette into a pumpkin and chad, <laughs> chad zachary zachary quinto right yes I correct think, yeah okay because yeah. this I is i think a, yeah no i was gonna say i don't remember who his husband is but i do know this this guy is zachary it, quinto this is it yeah. is it is weird having such like a notable and immediately recognizable actor just pop up in the middle of american horror story it was like similar to when like lady gaga just kind of showed up and i was like what the fuck is that lady gaga <laughs> so <laughs> like <laughs> this was also like i think around the time he was in the star trek remake which was like really like kind of his big rise you know mm -hmm. so i think that was 2009 yeah. it looks like 2011 so yeah like 
So this is still like while he's an up and comer. So and before the show, yeah, because like he did he did Heroes and Heroes was the first thing that like really broke him out. And then yeah, the Star Trek or or, yeah, Star Trek was the one that really catapulted. I want to say Teen Wolf as well at the time. That could be a different actor that I'm thinking of, but I want to say Teen Wolf was also kind of taking off around this time. And I think he's in that. Um, I could be wrong. I could be thinking of someone else who looks a lot like him. So again, just just a weirdly everywhere actor compared to like the rest of the cast like this isn't even me like trying to be like derogatory towards the cast or anything it's just like very weird and rattling when this like you know kind of like theater troupe of actors that they've put together to like have do recurring roles and stuff just has Zachary Quinto show up in the middle (laughs) oh hey you're here (laughs) Beef may may know um because I can't remember off the top of my head um I think he's also he returns as a he's in season two yeah yeah I think he he is in future seasons as well um this isn't just like a one-off cameo not three he's in he's in one and two yeah but uh so. Oh, I now remember. I now remember who he plays. Yeah, in you season know who two. he is. Yeah, well, um. either way, Zachary Quinto <laughs> tells his husband, "If you're going to the gym, make sure you wear a condom at the gym," um, which is <laughs> a weird way to say, "I know you're cheating on me." Like the <laughs> most elaborate and confusing way. The best though is the guy goes, "Okay," and then he's like, "Wait a minute, why would I need to wear a condom at the gym?" Like, wait, you missed that? Like in a cartoon? You know what I mean? Like, hey, wait a second, did you say you know what I think yeah, you said? Like- you can't the number on that license plate of the guy who asked if I was wearing a condom? He straight up is like still walking out the door and like stops and comes back in the door like, hey, wait a second. What do you mean by that? And it's it's a whole thing. Um, During all this, um, Chad is like, again, continuing to set up for a very elaborate Halloween party. Um, And like... Chad is drinking wine and being kind of like antagonistic. Um, and he's like, I know you're fucking your trainer. Um, and I don't give a shit, but wear yeah. a condom and don't I don't they say he's they like, have an arrangement, but they don't say what it is. They and say it. they call it they say don't ask, yeah. don't tell. <laughs> which is like uh, not what that term is for. Yeah, yeah no, that's like not. a very different thing that's a different form of like u.s military grade homophobia yeah like they're, that. they're trying to like yeah exactly it's like one of those things that they're trying to do and it's like yeah i don't know american horror story let's just leave that yeah, <laughs> yeah. but you know god they they and they so can't. um thus begins the unraveling of my psyche um because chad is preparing apples for the apple bobbing station and he so clearly has granny smith apples all around him (laughs) and in his hand for those of you who don't know i don't know why you wouldn't but granny smith apples are green he asks after he's like i know you're cheating on me whatever just let's get on with this um he asks patrick to pick up from the store gala apples which are red Mm -hmm. (laughs) because he's decided (laughs) The, the yellow delicious air quotes in his hand, which is a Granny Smith, is not <laughs> correct. So he says, in essence, that the quote unquote yellow apples that are in his hand, which are Granny Smiths, which are green. So we're already wrong, um, are wrong. And he needs red apples. So yellow is what he thinks he has. He actually has green. He wants red. Keep that in mind as we move into the next scene. Because 
if this if this fool being colorblind is like plot relevant later, I will eat my hat because oh, that God. is the only explanation for someone you know, confounding the colors green, red, and yellow this much. Yeah, but time out. Like, even if he was like at the store, there's a little sign that tells you what kind of apples because there's multiple red apples. You know well, what I mean? It's he's not- having someone else pick them up for him, and he just assumes his husband is incompetent and not wearing condoms at the gym. I guess. Uh, and before we move on to the next scene, because the next scene directly involves the apples as well, um, they kind of have a little bit of a like a an argument, a spat um, about, well, we're clearly both unhappy in this marriage, blah, blah, blah. Like, how did we end up this way? We were so happy. Why are we like this? Um, <laughs> and it's kind of like identified that they're both pretty miserable and they want to be separated, but they can't because all their money is in this house, kind of like the Harmons. Um, so they're in a very similar situation. Uh, where they are kind of forced to be together, but they're unhappy currently because of um, some infidelity. Uh, you'll notice some parallels. That will be relevant later. Um, anyway, so they have the Apple debate, and then it cuts to, like, probably, I don't know, 30 minutes later. I assume it's very confusing based on what happens next. <laughs> um, <laughs> Chad is sitting at the table. Uh, well, first he walks into the room and he passes the apple bobbing station. Um, oh, before before that, I'm sorry, I totally forgot. Um, after Patrick is confronted about fucking his trainer, he's like, yeah, you know what? I am fucking my trainer. And you know what? He's a power bottom. And he says that as though that means anything to us, the audience, who have only known these characters for 18 seconds. Um, it is delivered in such a way that you you would think it was like the punchline to a very long string yeah, of like buildup. Like, like they had had 30 minutes of interactions of being like, God, I wish you'd just like do a weighted hit bridge once so you could lift me during sex. You know, like any kind of build, but it's just... They think like just saying power bottom is a joke and it's like, well, I mean, like, no, (laughs) this is also the conversation you'd have if it was like infidelity where it's like, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, and he's better to you. But then like, um, Chad is like, well, look, we said don't ask, don't tell. So it's like, okay, if you have like this open relationship, then this isn't the insult that you think it is. Like, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like this relation, this kind of conversation in general is odd, you know? Also, if it's like an open relationship like scenario then it's not infidelity i don't know they're not very clear about what the parameters are of this because uh, like chad's very clearly not okay with it but at the same time because he brings it up constantly in the Mm -hmm. in the breast of the episode but like if it's an arrangement you have then i I don't know it's very odd I can think of is, and we're not given this context at all. Is it sort of like you're allowed to have like one night stands with people, but maybe like, or let me, or, but don't have like long term relationships. Yeah, but he's had not this ongoing. Thing with his trainer. But like yeah. none of that's given. So this is just me being like, maybe American Horror Story could kind of work, and like I don't want to play that game because it absolutely doesn't. You know? <laughs> yeah. So there's no, yeah. There is no way that in any capacity. I think they do try at some point, and I don't remember which season, but there's no way American Horror Story tackles polyamory correctly. Um, Um, or even like remotely like in a sensitive manner Um, I think they do uh, in a future in a future season Um, anyway now now that we've cleared the air on that um, now Chad is walking into the dining room and he walks past the bobbing tank where he dumps a bag of red apples 
Red apples. First of all, he he says to Patrick in the previous scene that the Halloween party is in three days, which means he's just going to leave apples floating in here. I would not. Yeah, I, I would not recommend. I would not recommend eating an apple that has been in standing water for three days. That seems like a really bad idea. Incredible. <laughs> That's the, uh, the American horror story, like, bougie writer of, like, you have other people make your apples, right? But how do the poor people make their Halloween parties in their yeah. houses? <laughs> and the good news is he dumps in the red apples, which um, were agreed upon as the correct apples that are needed. Um, to which he responds by, while pouring in said red correct apples, he goes, Ugh, red is all wrong. These are supposed to be green, which is... What he had in the first scene. Which are the um, yellow deliciouses that he had, which were Granny Smith's in the previous scene. Oh, we're not done with the apples, by the way. This, this no, isn't no, over. No, no. In fact, spoiler <laughs> alert, ladies and gentlemen, it will also come up at the end of the episode. Um, he then turns his attention to the doorway where someone's standing there in the gimp suit that we all know and love. Um, he, of course, assumes this is his husband because he's told his husband to go upstairs and get dressed for Halloween, which is odd, given that, that it's not until three days from now. Um, and the gimp suit figure approaches him and he's like, did you get the apples? Which is where I had a stroke. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, do you mean the apples you just were handling in the previous scene? What? Like you just were what? You just set up the apples. That was the entire scene before this. Like it would legitimately be like if you were watching a movie and there was a three minute scene of <laughs> one of the main characters pulling off to the side of the road and like filling up their gas tank of their car and then they take off and they drive away and you watch them drive for 30 seconds and then they're just like oh shit we're out of gas guess we need to pull over like it's like what it what no <laughs> and then they put the wrong gas in the tank on top of everything they put, yeah, then diesel. They put green gas in the tank or something yeah <laughs> also oh you know like because it's going to become apparent and I'm, I'm sure you've already guessed that it's not actually uh patrick in the gimp suit but like Every single like character in this show is thrown completely by the gimp suit with like, oh, you must be the exact build and height and look of the per of the person I'm with suddenly. Hey, kinky. Like no one says like, wait a minute, who the fuck are you? You're a taller per or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't mm. I yeah, that's I was like thinking about it because this is a reoccurring theme that will happen to many characters of th seeing someone in the gimp suit and being like, "Aha, I know who that is." And yeah. it's not the right person. Um, like, I don't know that I yeah, can recognize somebody like from their build alone, but I think I would be able to rule out that it wasn't I, someone I knew. I think I also would not assume that a random stranger in a gimp suit was friendly unless I had a friend who I knew was nearby and had a proclivity <laughs> for randomly putting on gimp suits. Like... <laughs> I, like you, know, you have to know one's gonna be around. It's not like a thing of I wouldn't just like be sitting around and see someone in a gym suit and be like, oh, it's my friend Jerry. Yeah. Like no, like I don't. <laughs> why would oh, I assume what a stinker. that? He's yeah, always oh, showing up in his gym suit. It's almost yeah, like, like that Friday the Thirteenth thing, except that's like an '80s slasher where it's like, Todd, is that you in the hockey mask with the axe? You know, but instead it's like a lover thing. You know what I mean? Like, are you my husband? suddenly like leather clad like probably not 
<laughs> probably not. Yeah. Vivian I know Flash. you've never done this before, yeah. expressed any interest <laughs> in doing this, or showed any like proclivities towards it. But uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and assume you do it. I mean, at least for what it's worth. Um, in this case, he doesn't have sex with the man in the gimp suit immediately, <laughs> like the other times where they were just like, eh, fuck it, we ball. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I mean, to give Chad, like, the slightest modicum of credit, he did just ask Patrick to go upstairs and choose a costume to wear. So, like, yeah. it would make sense. For Vivian, sure. she just saw a guy in a gimp suit show up and was like, that's probably my husband. Let's bang. <laughs> um, my husband, who I have been explicitly not having sex with, <laughs> that I have been going out of my way to not have sex with. Well, guess what? Now I'm in because it's a game soon. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And um, God, this show he sucks. does like it's, it's weird because like Chad gets a little bit warmer. He doesn't like try to bang him, but like he does start saying like, I'm sorry about having low libido. Like I'm going to go to the doctor i think the stress of not having um money is getting to me like he starts to be a little more rational and mm -hmm. like a little warmer to the gimp suit um right. and the gimp suit man um shuffles across the room towards him and like it's time to get command <laughs> grab motherfucker yeah and just like picks him up and like throws him across the room just full-on judo get out of here um <laughs> like hard yeah, like throws him, throws him, and then like picks him up, drags him over to the uh, the apple, the bobbing for apple station, uh, and then like drowns him. And in the middle of drowning him, I guess is just like this is taking too long and breaks his neck, which feels like, all right, man, you either need to finish him with the command grab, do a big throw, and maybe a stab. You need to drown him, or you need to break it. You need to choose is what it is because it's. It's just confusing to the investigators now. They're going to be like, I don't know. It looks like he got thrown, drowned, and then also his neck broken. I don't know why. <laughs> and then this will be later ruled a murder-suicide for some reason. Jesus Christ, way, yeah. You know what's like the least scary way of killing someone? It's like a beatdown. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like yeah. a second like, only to like a big rocket launcher. Really, or throwing them really, really hard across the room. Um, and then a very confusing <laughs> thing happens where after Chad gets thoroughly owned in like five different ways, Patrick walks into the room straightening his little handkerchief on his cowboy costume. End of scene. Um... <laughs> Cause see, it's it's like it's like that's not that wasn't Patrick. Just in case you were an aware audience at home, you know, like yeah. But then we don't see how Patrick dies, so right. we have no idea where that. But I don't even remember if later on that gets revealed. I think maybe it does, um, because they love like doing little breadcrumbs. Um, but it's yeah. a it's it's almost like again, there are so many parts of this episode specifically, and so many other episodes where like. That could be played for comedy. It, the timing of it is so funny of like Chad getting absolutely shit whipped like he weighs five pounds across the room <laughs> just like it's nothing. Then getting drowned and his neck broken in this like barrage of violence. And then it just cuts to Patrick walking in wearing this dopey ass cowboy outfit like, whoa, what's all this? Um, you could like definitely see a Woody laugh Toy Story ass just <laughs> yes. walking in. There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> oh, what the? <sighs> and that's the opening sequence. Don't worry. The apples will make another appearance later in the episode, and they will be relevant again. Um, this is not the end of my um, psychological torture of this episode. Um, it will happen again. 
Uh, and it will be a very similar who's on first situation with the apples. Um, <laughs> I didn't watch the opening sequence. I assume there was nothing different because I don't think they started doing no, they that do until that. later. Yeah, it's always um, the same, right? It's always just the wham wham music yep. and the same <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but as is on brand, it cuts to present day um, in the murder house, which is kind of like the... Uh, I will give them this. They didn't cut the opening sequence at a weird part and put too much in they did cut it at a normal like spot this time um they have not been doing that until now um and vivi okay so i need to say ben's eating a sandwich and being made a sandwich in this scene there's no (laughs) reason ben should be being made a sandwich in this scene it doesn't add anything to the scene it's not relevant to the scene and it is the most fake sandwich i've ever seen in my entire life viv is making ben a sandwich she pulls not a Tupperware, but like the kind of things you would keep, like, or the kind of like plastic container you would keep, like, fishing tackle in out of the, <laughs> the fridge that is full of the fakest looking slices of ham I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> a tackle box just filled entirely with sandwich ingredients. Yeah. Very powerful. <laughs> uh, and as this is happening she's her and ben are like complaining to marcy the realtor about not enough people looking at the house um which i mean marcy has proven to not be like the greatest realtor but like their house does have like some history to it that's not a hundred percent marcy's fault plus a crime just happened there that's like gonna get out people are gonna know also it's probably very expensive real estate in the middle of a very expensive area in a very expensive market Mm. so like they're not gonna have it's not like everybody right it's not like an apartment listing in new york city where it's like yeah literally like three thousand people want this Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of yeah you might get one person who's interested to view every month and that's it and that's about i think what they say they say like one every like two weeks and the one that they were referring to was nora um who was a ghost so that doesn't count. Um, and Marcy's like, you know what we need? We need to hire fluffers to stage the house. And apparently, I had to Google it. That's a real thing. They call them that. Okay. I was that wondering. Because is... <laughs> I always is... thought I had heard that in a different context. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah, no. Uh, the, uh-huh. the common understood term of fluffer and what everyone means is someone who, if uh, generally, I always heard it for like rock stars in particular, if they were not presenting their package boldly enough they would have someone nearby who would help raise the stakes as it were yeah (laughs) and make sure that they were presenting properly to the crowd yeah yeah um not uh not someone who sets up a house apparently it is a term for someone who stages a house for viewing as well um but i think we can all agree that that is not the first thing that came to mind when she said they needed to hire fluffers it's possible also yeah go ahead the I was just going to say, the characters in the scene also have the reaction. Like, Viv is also like, what? Like, clearly (laughs) they also knew that everyone would not think of Fluffer as someone who improves a house slightly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Going back to the fucked up sandwich, Vivian makes the sandwich and then hands it to Ben, who starts eating it in the middle of the scene. And he frequently just has a mouthful of food that he's chipmunking in his cheeks and doesn't swallow. Because in case you haven't noticed, and this is going to ruin TV for a lot of people, um, if you watch eating scenes, the actors um, almost never swallow the food. They always cut away before they swallow. Um, Because otherwise, uh, people would be eating all day and feel miserable because of all the takes takes, they have to do. (laughs) Exactly. 
Where, like, a um, lot of food is dressed up. Like, you can't have ice cream from scene to scene, so it's, yes. like, shaving cream or something like that, you know, that they do. You can't really eat or whatever, so. Ben goes the extra mile of just holding it in his mouth for most of the long extended shots, which is extra funny, but he is holding the sandwich in the most <laughs> serial killer way he possibly can, which is, like, how a woman might hold a clutch purse that doesn't have a handle, like, over you the know- top with, like, a upside down hand of cards think you're holding a hand of cards but from the top of them he's like trying to do the brad pitt thing because brad pitt's one of the has like a thing where he's always eating in scenes which is like a unique thing for the reasons we mentioned but he's had the banana before i can't think of uh harman's actor right now but like it's always awkward and weird you know what i mean like pitt somehow pulls it off but it's like no it's not working for you my guy i'm sorry you know (laughs) my favorite my favorite story regarding that if you you mentioned earlier just like yeah you don't actually take the bite and swallow it or else when you have to do 30 reshoots of the same scene you would throw up right um john cena apparently during the filming of uh one of the suicide squads Mm -hmm. uh one of the shots does have him eat a whole empanada during a scene Mm -hmm. and he did they did shoot that 31 times and he did have to eat 31 (laughs) empanadas and apparently he just like he was like yeah it's like the sickest i've been in like four years (laughs) eating 31 empanadas in one sitting while trying to act i uh oh so bad fucking james gunn jeez (laughs) <laughs> so Ben's eating the fucking sandwich. Um, and it's even like it's it's distracting to the point where Marcy points out that like the night before their house got egged, and it, they it did evidently. We see a little flashback of the two kids from Talladega Nights, um, who died in the first episode, um, egging the house. Um, I don't know how the two ghost kids got. Wait, those eggs. were ghost kids? Yeah, I didn't even parse that those were ghost kids. Where? Th- yeah, wait, they're the ones. Who did the- they get? Sorry. Ghost eggs? They're, yeah, they have ghost <laughs> eggs. Yeah, they're, they're ghost eggs from ghost chickens. <laughs> Duh. No, they're the kids from the the <laughs> very first episode that like um, young Addie is like, you're gonna regret it, and they go in and like they're like, stupid tree and break the house. We trees. They're in it for like all of them, like a ten seconds so, or five seconds even. So I can't even blame you for not know. You know what I mean? It's like one of those like blink and you'll miss it kind of things. But it was just some random kids to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's the little... awful Talladega night kids. Um. And they egg the house, which again, A, did the, do they have ghost eggs? How do they have eggs? And B, why are they egging the house they're trapped in? It doesn't make any sense. Also, C, we're going to find out later in this episode that there's special rules on Halloween. Um, why are you doing this now? Anyway, um, <laughs> so Marcy's like, yeah, your house got egged. And then Ben, with a mouthful of food, goes, why did you tell her that? to Vivian right? and I'm like why is he eating a goddamn sandwich in this scene but like what why, is it adding also like why does that make him look bad in front of the realtor you know what I mean where it's like don't yeah we got egged like that's my manhood here like what is anyone talking about like yeah you got egged <sighs> what happened fucking yeah um and so they agree to have a fluffer um she's like I have a really nice old lady or I have a gay guy who can do it and they're like both Viv and Ben at the same time are like the gay guy to- um they do say the gay guys, like or the cheaper gay guy, they're like the gay guy. So like, I think it's yeah. supposed to be a money thing, and not like they're both like gay people are great at that, you know, which is like the yeah. other implication that's a little unstated, but you know, whatever. Um. So then it cuts to Constance's house. Um. And Travis, I would not blame any of you if you don't remember who Travis is. Um. Travis well, is the male model. Guy. Yeah. 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 It's the male model that Constance was banging. Um. Either in the last episode or the first episode, I don't remember. Um. It was the episode where the break-in happened. Uh, and 
Travis is being very sweet and reading a book about Samhain to Addie um, at the table. And they're kind of like just snacking on some chocolate chips and reading the um, book about Halloween and Samhain. Um, and it's kind of like he's very sweet. He's like pretty genuinely sweet. And he's being very nice to Addie. Um, and he was reading a passage about how on Halloween, allegedly the dead can walk among the living. Um, and he's snacking on chocolate chips the whole time this is happening. And he keeps doing... <laughs> I think this was maybe a nervous tick of the actor. He keeps doing the rolling the dice hand move with every <laughs> handful of chocolate chips, which is such a dad move. That is such a like classic dad move to do the like <laughs> rolling the dice when you're eating a handful of small objects. <laughs> For me, it's just very like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Ricky Bobby energy as well. of <laughs> Just like, I guess I got these little guys in here. I guess I'll shake them up. I don't know. And he does it so many times in this one scene. Um, and then Addie drops the most obvious foreshadowing of all time of not ever wanting to be a ghost, um, which could apply to pretty much, I think, everybody who's ever um, not wanted to be a ghost in the house that she repeatedly goes to and tells people they're going to die in. Um, he, she or uh, Travis asks Addie what she's going to be for Halloween and she like whispers it to him and like giggles. And he's like, I think that's going to be a great costume. Um, Constance like kind of like sees this going on and walks in on it and is like glaring at them. Um, and she's like, I don't know why you guys are eating my chocolate chips. I was going to make cookies out of those. Um, then she says something very confusing. I'm not sure if she's being racist or if I, there's a term that I don't know. Um, she pulls out a $50 bill and hands it to Travis and says, well, now you're going to have to go down to the Korean and get more chocolate chips. And I'm like, is that a person? Is that a, <laughs> is that a store? Like a Korean grocery like, store? Like H-Mart? Yeah. <laughs> I think it is, yeah. I was assuming, yeah, I was assuming it was something like that. It just, it doesn't make sense given the setting, right? Like you can't run down to the corner shop if you're in a suburb that has like <laughs> a doctor mansion in it. Like that's not, <laughs> oh, you don't have those a, are incompatible. Rich yeah. suburb bodega that doesn't exist. And like, also yeah. bodegas don't typically sell chocolate chips, which is explicitly <laughs> what she's sending him to the store to buy. Yeah, none of this works. <laughs> uh, so. And uh, chocolate chips and cigarettes specifically. Um, and Travis is like, oh, okay, cool. And I'll use the change to fill up my, my bike. Um, and then, like, as he's leaving, he's, like, he kind of, like, puts his arms around her waist and gives her a little smooch. Um, kind of just showing that, like, even though Constance is, like, probably kind of wealthy, I guess. and She's a sugar um, mama, right? Yeah. But he's like, still she's a nice a sugar guy. Mama, but he's being, like, nice to her. He yeah. genuinely, like, enjoys being around Addie and, like, likes being with Constance, which is odd. Um, yeah, because nobody man, likes that. Yeah, I don't like no that. One likes I'm that. On, she's on a screen. Like. <laughs> but, man, Travis deserves a better MILF. Like, I think Travis just likes <laughs> MILFs, and I think he deserves a better MILF than Constance because he's such a nice boy. And if I remember correctly, he stays, for the most part, a pretty nice boy. Um, but then he leaves. Um and after he leaves, Constance um, confronts Addie and is like, I know you're flirting with Travis. You always flirt with my boyfriends. Um, and then there's this really weird back and forth, which, by the way, um, Addie, though she is quite childlike in appearance, is like in her 30s. Um, like, she says that he smells better than Constance's last boyfriend. And this is, for some reason, the 
like the absolute breaking point for Constance because she goes apeshit. Um, I don't know why him smelling better <laughs> than the last boyfriend is like where she draws the line because they it, go back and forth for a while. It makes her come across like an animal or something. You know what I mean? Like it's really weird. So like, it, or like it, a it werewolf. It is such a weird cue. The I feel like this had like a different writer than the other episodes because <laughs> the writing is still bad. But like I I make a note later. Um, of some dialogue that happens from like the first c- scene, the one of the two guys, the dialogue in this episode specifically is so disjointed and makes no cohesive sense most of the time. It's just bizarre. It's just so bizarre how the dialogue goes in this episode. <laughs> it, it, it almost feels like there was like an emergency rewrite at some point, but like, I don't know of what, like, I don't know what was added. Like, it feels like an emergency rewrite, but with nothing to rewrite or have been rewritten. Like, it just has that level of, like, confusing haste in how it was created. Like, the whole thing of them not being able to keep track of where apples are over the course of a two-minute period. Well, they have, like, a whole random how Pringles tastes like ass, and they're like, that's our sponsor. You got to redo this whole thing. You know? <laughs> No, I forgot this episode was sponsored by Big Apples. <laughs> oh no, this was it was sponsored by Granny Smith. <laughs> we gotta oh. we gotta start over. <laughs> but in case you guys forgot, um, anything that has to do with Addie uh, and Constance is almost a one to one Carrie ripoff. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we are ripping off that specific property, Addie like starts. Uh, saying how for Halloween she wants to be a pretty girl, which will be something that she repeats like a parrot for the rest of the episode. Um, And she shows, like, Constance this magazine clipping that she has, which, again, is ripping off Carrie. Um, And Constance, like, scoffs and tells her that she's going to be Snoopy again this year, which I feel like we were robbed because we never get to see Addie dressed as Snoopy. I want to see anybody dressed as Snoopy because that sounds like it kicks ass. Yeah, that's um, fine, right? Yeah, exactly. we don't get to see that. They probably couldn't get the rights to it. It's whatever. In the American Horror Story video game, like that should be her alternate costume, right? Is Addie and yeah, Snoopy? The un- yeah, the unlockable. Yes. Yeah, the unlockable yeah. alt costume. Definitely. But they make you pay for it, right? Like that's the whole idea. <sighs> yeah. like, yeah, oh, the... absolutely. It would be DLC for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the middle of this conversation where they're arguing about what she's going to be for Halloween, apropos of nothing, Addie just goes, the dead can walk freely on Halloween. Um, <laughs> like that's some kind of a comeback to something. <laughs> and then Constance goes, yeah, we know, Addie, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> the dead can walk on Halloween. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> of course we can't. I mean, they can. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. And that's what I mean about the dialogue. Like, that comes out of nowhere. It means nothing to anybody. And it, like, doesn't even fit in the argument they're having. But Yeah, like, it it only would have made sense if she said that, like, after being interrupted with the, like, reading with the other character or something. Or if Constance had gone in and been like, stop wasting your time reading that bullshit or something, right? Like... There would be some reason Addie would say that, but they just like forgot yep. <laughs> entirely. Yeah. yeah, it's it is so bizarre that the the conversations in this episode and like how they're paced and like what is said, it feels like there are so many missing scenes <laughs> that it's it's bonkers. But it feels like there's missing scenes in the middle of scenes we're already watching. Um, it's it's so much. Uh, 
Stupid. Now, I'll let you guys like Larry a little more than I do. I'll let you well, guys um, explain <laughs> the next <laughs> scene. <laughs> so they ring the doorbell at Murder House, and Ben goes to the front door and goes, Hey, what the? And it's Larry, and he goes, Trick or treat, give me $1,000, or I'll report you to the FBI. <laughs> Ah, oh, Larry. And, and Ben's like, well, and then yeah, like he, he literally just goes like, "Hey, give me the thousand dollars, Ben. I did the thing. You give me a thousand dollars now." And Ben's like, "No, man, fuck off!" And like kicks the pumpkin that Larry's like gesticulating this at him with. Pisses me off too. Um, is that like in the scene? If you look after he kicks the pumpkin, shit comes out of it. Like, wait, Larry was actually getting yeah. candy on Halloween. <laughs> I, I have that noted here because like. Ben's like, what the fuck do you mean trick or treat? Halloween's not for like three days. And Larry's like, I celebrate Halloween. I do it all week long. I'm like, so you just walk door to door with your little plastic pumpkin every day of the week on Halloween? I'm sorry. If anyone, especially a grown ass man, knocks on my door five days before Halloween and asks to trick or treat, I'm going to assume he's he there to kill me. Um, no human being does that. That's not a thing people do. But he has candy in his bucket, which means apparently some people were on board with it. So, like, th- this whole thing, like, kind of makes no sense to me, too, because he's like, so, Ben, are you going to give me a thousand bucks to keep the secret about how I killed your, like, mistress who was pregnant with your kid? And Ben's like, no. And it's like, I don't know. Like, I can't, I can't grok what they're doing with Ben because it's like, you know... Uh, you're not like he's not innocent in this right or like he might have been maybe sort of until he built the fucking gazebo on top of her body you know what i mean like now he is like absolutely an accomplice here like do you know hmm. do you know what the problem is and it's the stupidest problem i've seen in fiction in a long time A thousand dollars isn't enough That's money. Yeah, <laughs> like a thousand dollars to kill somebody, dude. I've like a thousand dollars isn't enough for any major crime at all. Like none of them. Like a thousand dollars is so much. Not like straight up. It comes off as been being like ungrateful and rude. <laughs> yeah, like, like, man, Larry did you a fucking solid. Maybe you should give him a thousand dollars and shut the fuck up. Like what a bargain. There's you can't great- even get that price on silk road dude it's crazy (laughs) come on it just doesn't work and he's still just like get the hell out of here nerve of that guy even even if he just has like no money it seems like you'd be like larry man i'll help you as soon as we can get this house flipped over i'll definitely here's a hundred bucks now man and like we'll we'll figure it out i'll get you that thousand dollars in installment like a thousand dollars to make the biggest mistake you've ever made in your life and like the current problem holding your life down away and you're just like a thousand dollars is too steep and let's like, make a big <laughs> scene in front of my neighbors but like, literally there's like a tour going by and like kick this whole pumpkin and everything you know also like you're a psych therapist <laughs> you make a thousand dollars in a week <laughs> like just like easily just just give him a thousand dollars Jesus Christ <laughs> Uh, well that's the larry scene for now um and now ben goes back inside to talk to the patient that he's been keeping waiting which is tate um i guess he's still seeing tate um (laughs) for some reason because ben's not a real adult and like capitulates (laughs) to a child being like Hey, I can't see you, man. There's a major conflict of interest, and this could be pretty damaging to my medical practice. And then a kid goes, 
No. And then he goes, well, all right, my hands are tied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess that solves that. Uh, I guess we'll just have to find a compromise. Um, yeah, and he's like, Tate, I found out that you didn't actually go to the doctor. The other doctor that I said you should go to, you didn't even like call him. Um, why were you at my house the night of the break in? Um, and Tate does a pretty convincing job. Like Tate's a kind of bad character. Um, most of the time, like everything he says is very unhinged and like unbelievable and like over the top. Um, but he does a pretty convincing job of lying here and saying that he was just outside, like trying to get Violet's attention. Um, and he like heard some commotion, uh, and went inside, um, which isn't true, obviously. Uh, but he does a pretty good job of lying. Um, he sells it really well as both an actor and as the character, um, not that Ben is smart enough no, I was to gonna give say, a shit. He's kind of a mark. Yeah, he probably could have gotten away with like I was just walking through the house for no reason in a dreamlike yeah. state. Like, oh, okay, that explains it. <laughs> I, Tate could have straight up said like the truth of oh, I I hang out in your basement all day, and Ben would probably be like, oh, okay, well I'll see you next week. Yeah, I'm a fucking uh, <laughs> ghost or something. Yeah, like who knows, Ben? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he's like. Tate, you got to just not do any more weird shit. And Tate's like, I won't do any more weird shit as long as you keep seeing me as your patient. And Tate, like, starts crying and is like, you're the only doctor that I can see, blah, 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 um, it, <laughs> I guess. Uh, and so they agreed to meet the next day, which is Halloween, um, to get coffee at, like, noon. And this is all, by the way, this is all just fucking outrageous as somebody who was a teen who went to like mental therapy a couple times as a teen um do you know what the doctor does if they want uh to refer to you to another another doctor do you think they just politely tell you a 15 year old to call and follow up with a doctor on that no they go to your parents man (laughs) go to your legal guardian and go like here uh have them go to the they don't you don't trust a 15 year old to do anything man (laughs) like they don't uh, uh. especially hey uh yeah can you just meet me off the record outside of my normal <laughs> office hours it's fine this isn't weird That's a at good all thing right to do with it's minors fine. yeah even in general like yeah. what the fuck <laughs> god um yeah uh and that's the end of that scene um then it cuts to the kitchen okay this part another another sequence that had me absolutely going off the walls so a man who is very clearly a security guard in full security guard outfit named Luke um, has an entire security system spread out over there, the Harmon's kitchen island um, and is explaining every bobble and button to Vivian. Um, security guards don't install uh, security systems typically. That's um, a different team at a security technician yeah yeah that's usually um an installation technician um i also feel like am i not too they're kind of implying like there's a little like hey this is a handsome security guard kind of thing right like where they're kind of like not flirting but like or terrible flirting where it's like yeah this is the worst security system you've got it's it's like really weird that they set it up like this because it like you're right the framing does make it come off as like they're trying to have it be something between like luke and viv in the scene but then neither of them are into it so it's like really weird like it's like the script is trying to imply there's a romance but both of the actors are like no (laughs) no no no. even they're like no no 
Maybe this is a favor, because I'm pretty sure this is the guy from Six Feet Under, who also Frances Conroy is also um, from, you know? So maybe she like hmm. was like, hey, you know, my friend here could do some work, you know? But Mate, Yeah, that's, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of nepotism that gets a lot of people on American Horror Story, mm-hmm. but who can say what is a for sure nepotism <laughs> and what say? isn't? <laughs> uh, so he's like explaining everything and he's like here this goes on the windows yada 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 we're gonna have one on every window every door um, here are all these panic buttons that you can press we're gonna put them all over the house then he says I'm gonna hide one in your nightstand and I'm like that doesn't feel like something that the um, security guard slash technician chooses um, feels like you just give them because they're like little remotes like you would adjust an automatic that's, fan with that's not like a thing yet you want your security guard to do like I'll put in something that only I know about you know in case he's shady you know it happens yeah. like, or but... even then like you give them they, it's like your uh, garage door opener like you give them to the owner and then they decide where they go like <laughs> it's not like I'm gonna I'm gonna hide this under your pillow like <laughs> no like let her choose where she wants it dude like, like don't secure... go on my nightstand you fucking freak <laughs> like the the tooth fairy's cousin, the security fairy, and we'll yeah. get here. <laughs> uh, he and he, God knows, he is the security fairy because he's like, as soon as you press this button, I'll show up right away. Um, mm-hmm. No questions asked. And he's like, I know you've been through a lot, so I expect a lot of false alarms. Don't be shy. Just keep pressing that button. I'm gonna show up every time. <laughs> and I'm like, man, you must cost. A fortune. And also, I think the American Horror Story writers have conflated hiring a personal bodyguard and having a security system installed. Yeah, they've like basically been like, you just hire a corporate security suite, right? Like you just (laughs) have them come do it. Yeah. You know, the Harmons who have no money, which is why they can't leave the house. um, Or give Larry (laughs) $1,000, which I'd like to point out, this definitely costs more than $1,000. The security system alone, even if it didn't come with Luke, like... God, like I don't, I don't and even Luke's know. Luke's a whole guy. Yeah, <laughs> those are expensive. Yeah, whole People guys are get expensive. Paid per hour. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, so they have. Um. Keep that in mind. They. That's not going to be relevant this episode. Um. But it. I'm yeah, sure I will be. Think about that. But yeah, like paying for the labor of one person to be available around the clock to that degree. <laughs> Holy shit, that's got to be so expensive. Even just employing Moira. Like, employing Moira alone is probably a shitload of money. I was going to say, though, maybe that's why. Like, maybe the security guard was like, I just assumed. (laughs) Give me this. Yeah, I just assumed Moira was, like, free with the house. But you're right. I think, like, the Harmons have to think they're paying her, right? Like, they wouldn't just be like, yeah, Moira, just just hang out. It's fine. Whatever. That's fine. It's fine that we have a maid who we don't pay. Well, she's doing that (laughs) bullshit blackmail thing, too, of, like, you know, because because of your husband, I'll whoop, I'll be pressing charges if you don't keep me in service, which is like not how that works. But you know, whatever, I guess. <sighs> ben Ben <sighs> thinks show. it does. Uh, speaking of Moira, now it cuts to um, Vivian walking into the dining room where Moira has like twelve pumpkins on the table <laughs> and is carving them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Viv is like, "Hey, uh, did Marcy bring those pumpkins?" And Moira like really weirdly answers it like. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know what is implied in that interaction. Um, that it's that Moira smuggled the pumpkins in. I don't know. Um, it's really, really, really odd. Um, and Vivian's like, "Hey, you did a good job um, 
carving those pumpkins. And Moira's like, thanks. I like doing crafts. Also, uh, can I have Halloween off so that I can go see my mom? And Vivian's like, yeah, you don't have to ask. That's fine. Um, well, that's it. Yeah, and like, does she work like seven? Because you like, how messy can the Harmons be that she works like almost every day? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that doesn't, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Vivian agrees to let her have the day off and then um, takes the pumpkin she was carving to go set it on the front porch. Um, and thus enters the last scene of what we're talking about today. Um, because if you thought we were covering the whole episode today, no, incorrect. Even, no. <laughs> we are only halfway through this episode, um, and we're, yeah. and we're covering this is the final scene. Um, she goes to set the pumpkin on the porch and finds Chad and Patrick, um, who we know are dead, uh, <laughs> on the front porch, just absolutely shit talking her rose bushes, just absolutely shitting on them, not literally, but in the right, metaphorical yeah. sense. Um, and Vivian does what Vivian does best and just does the worst <laughs> the worst security ops possible and just walks up and says, hi, are you this person I'm supposed to let into my house without asking any questions? And they go, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> and they do. Like, she knew yeah, that she was. She literally is just like, like, they're just like out there like, wow, these rose bushes look like shit. Damn, no taste November came early with this son of a bitch. <laughs> and I'm like, then she just like walks up. She's like. Hey, uh, are you the fluffers? And they go, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. How did you know? Of course. This is what's this is what's also confusing is she thinks they're the fluffers, right? Which means she's expecting the fluffers, um, and the real fluffer never shows up. So right? yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what the deal was there because that feels like the kind of thing that as soon as the real fluffer would show up, she'd be like, "Hey, wait a second, who were those guys I let yeah, in my house well, earlier?" That's a flaw in the ghost's plan. But yep, don't worry about it. it never gets addressed anyway. I'm like, yeah, don't worry wait, about it. The fluffer never shows up. What if Marcy did hire the ghosts? What Yo. if the realtor is oh also a ghost? There's like this whole ghost economy going on where like Moira and like the everyone's making money off humans. Like it's wild, but it's true. Man, capitalism follows you even into the grave. Holy so crap. sad. Ghost capitalism, the worst. <laughs> the true American horror story. Uh, um. So Viv lets him in. Um, they both come in and like. Ben is carving a pumpkin, and um, it, yeah, as you've noted here, this is very eloquently put. Ben is carving a pumpkin and is like, This is so fun, I never got to do this as a kid. And Chad asks, Oh, why didn't you get to do this as a kid? Um, and then that conversation is dropped and never revisited. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the end of the dialogue. I, I, Oh, I never got to do this growing up. Oh, that's interesting. Do you have uh do you have any like lore or backstory that would explain why you felt the need to say you never got to do this as a kid? Nope, one dimensional. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the painting interest though. <laughs> uh line? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> And that again, another check mark of like the weirdest dialogue, but it's not as weird as the next conversation that Jesus happens. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah this uh, this feels like three different scenes from three different shows that like f fell into a The Fly style machine. <laughs> it just <laughs> came out as some kind of horrifying amalgamate. <laughs> yeah, they're all, in case I don't remember if we just said what they're doing, but they're all in the kitchen carving pumpkins, which is, uh, again, doesn't really seem like something the fluffers would do. Or, or like, yeah, like 
they're all working on it, kind of. It, yeah, it's weird. They're all standing around, and yeah, it seems like a fluffer would be like, okay, we need to, you know, buy these things and put this up here. I'll go out and get order. You know, like it seems like one of those things that you'd be running around with like an iPad and taking notes no. and getting a form ready. Yeah, no, you're your carving pumpkins, obviously. Day, like this show sucks. I'm just- yeah, <laughs> nothing moves houses like a well-carved pumpkin. That'll do it. That'll do it. And it seems like the the like atmosphere they've built here is like if you were to invite your neighbors you didn't know really well over to like decorate for the neighborhood Halloween party and it's like kind of awkward. Uh and you're all carving pumpkins together in one of the houses. It's it was it's such a weird vibe. Um <laughs> And then they're like kind of a little bit talking about like how what they want to do if they want to sell the house. Um, and Chad opens this absolute abomination of a conversation by saying that the house <laughs> uh, will shit. not sell unless they tear down the gazebo. And that starts a domino effect of Ben slicing his hand the fuck open like all the way from like fingertip to like palm um, with the, I don't know what he was doing to that pumpkin that a uh, one misstep caused this kind of an injury yeah apparently he was using like a vibranium scalpel or some shit cause he just look like someone says gazebo and he like turns his core to the side to just be like gazebo and just like rips himself wide open yeah it's outrageous I I don't know why he was doing that and also holy shit if he doesn't he has the most Looney Tunes reaction to anyone mentioning the gazebo like there's no way Vivian wouldn't be like so Ben what's up with the gazebo yeah <laughs> Anytime anyone says, yeah, like again, literally anyone mentions the gazebo and he's just like, huh, gazebo. (laughs) And in this case, someone went, yeah, we should get rid of the gazebo. And he went, huh, gazebo, and then slashed himself wide open in front of a group of people. (laughs) Why would that even like alarm you? Because the answer to that is no, we just put that up. You know what I mean? Like that would be ridiculous. Like, but, and also, which I never occurred to me either. It's not easy to put up a gazebo unless you are really goddamn handy. Like, you actually do this for a living. But instead, like, Ben, the world's worst psychiatrist, like, I'll just do that by myself. That's fine. I couldn't build a gazebo. I can tell you that much. I don't, I like, I've seen my dad build, like, a whole fence for, like, a big-ass garden and a shed. I don't think he could build a gazebo. Like, it's not the kind of thing you just, like... You can't Wing YouTube it. that. It's like there's a lot of yeah. craftsmanship. Like there's like things like it's. I was gonna say yeah, unless you have like a pre-built kit, and even then, there's still like a lot of like nails and screwing and stuff, and needing to hold things the correct way and positions, and like he pours down. Build, there's a reason people like assemble a village when they're raising a barn, <laughs> and not just like do it themselves. Right. It's because it's really hard to build stuff alone. Really, and like and he's like pouring like doesn't he pour cement at one point you know which mm-hmm. is like that's a job you know that's like yep. shit that yeah that he doesn't nah, like a ben, day though ben, to hide a body ben does it in one day he's um the world's worst psychiatrist <laughs> but the world's best gazebo maker yeah and, and yeah you're, you're right though it would be the the freest win on the planet to just respond to that by being like no we just put it up isn't that right viv and then viv would be like yeah he just finished it we're not taking that down and then like Booyah, done forever. Yeah. You did it. Not only did you cover it up, now your wife's on board to help you cover yeah. it up. Like, you did it. But instead he goes, <laughs> oh. <"Look at> <laughs> and just rips his arm open. 
and that's what opens the Pandora's box that is this Amazing. set of dialogue. I have <laughs> noted it in the notes verbatim. I, this is not a bit. I have written it word for word. This is how the dialogue goes. Ben slices his hand open. I'm going to need stitches. Patrick. No, I can fix this up. Chad. <laughs> Pat's an EMT. But he says EMT word. He's like, he, Pat's an EMT. Vivian. Oh, I. EMT. <laughs> it's in the game. Yeah, yeah like it's a really weird delivery. Extremely <laughs> horny adult error. Like, that's not the initialism. Well, he is. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Vivian. Oh, I thought you were a fluffer. Chad. You're hilarious, Vivian. Love that hair color. I can barely see any roots. Vivian. <laughs> it's my natural color. End of conversation. <laughs> um, what was accomplished there, you may be asking? Oh, good question. We haven't yet established like that Chad's kind of a piece of shit around people. Oh, but we have, you say, from the rose bushes and everything else? But like, oh, okay, well, just in case, you know, it's so strange, this show. But anyway. <laughs> it is, uh, it, it's so, like, it truly reads as like an AI wrote this script mm-hmm. 12, 13, 15, however long ago this came out, years ago. Yeah, like an old AI, not even like the GPG stuff, just like, yeah. <laughs> It's weird, too, that they feel the need to, like, make this big of a deal about it. Maybe this is my nature of having been a medical engineer in the past, but it wasn't particularly weird to have either, like, a friend or a friend's significant other just be like, oh, yeah, I work in the medical yeah. industry. I can just take those stitches out for you. It's fine. Like, that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, I, I remember Bryant, his wife at one point, a friend of mine, literally, like, I had stitches in my hand, and it was, like, going to be a whole thing to go get him taken out. And she was just like, oh, I can just do that for you, man. And I'm like, oh, sick, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's not weird if someone's, like, trained for first aid to have them do first aid. Especially, like, EMTs <laughs> are, like, there's volunteer EMTs. It's a Commonish thing, you know. Like not common. And you don't just like, it's like a, it's not. you don't forget like how to be an EMT, yeah. even if you've left the profession. Like I haven't been in pharmacy for like six years, but I still remember almost everything that I remember about medicine from working ten years in the pharmaceutical field. Like especially especially sutures, which are a thing you have to do constantly yeah. as an EMT. <laughs> like that's so common. Yeah. Um, <sighs> so that that happens. For whatever reason. And then it cuts to um, Ben and Patrick upstairs. Um, I, I guess he stitches Ben's hand up. It's not really clear what he does. Um, but he ends it by grabbing Ben's dick. Um, ben cannot catch a break. Everyone constantly trying to touch his pee-pee. Um, I'm starting to think more and more that maybe the fling with Hayden wasn't Ben's fault. That's a joke. Ben maybe, sucks. Maybe he's like, a, he's like Moira, but like for, you know, for the other side. But you for know? men. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh, oh, people just can't keep their hands off me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, another, uh, it's weird too, because like neither party has given, again, any indication that this would be happening or would be even theoretically happening up to this point like it just was very it's very out of nowhere yeah. and it leads to like nothing of value <laughs> like there's no reason for this scene to be here we already established that patrick cheated on chad <laughs> we don't need another scene of like oh yeah see he grabbed ben's dick he's cheating on chad all the time it's like we we established yeah. that in the first scene they were in we don't need it again <laughs> yeah and uh, we we have talked briefly in the past, but not at length, over um, 
I believe one, if not both, of the showrunners of this show are gay, but they're like so weirdly homophobic in yeah. the way that they write characters. Um, so they really play into like the quote unquote predatory gay man like trope here of like Patrick being like trying to seduce Ben and Ben being like, oh, no, I'm not gay. And Patrick being like, oh, that's because I haven't sucked your dick yet, <laughs> um, which is like a pretty harmful stereotype. Also, I, almost verbatim what he says yeah. for the record. Yeah. Yeah. Like that wasn't Liz going fucking wild on one. That's like he just mm-hmm. he straight up. He's just like, hey, man, I'm 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 not gay. And he's just like, not yet. Hey, like, whoa, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> holy shit, you can't fucking say that. Yeah. <sighs> And then he tries to suck his dick, and Ben's like, whoa, got to get out of here. I guess he does. I don't know, because that's the end of the scene. Um, And then he just doesn't mention it at all to anyone, which is, again, fucking wild. This is just like having one of the once every, like, year level of occurrence of just something fucking wild that happened, and then they just don't mention it to anybody. Mm -hmm. And this... Is a centerpiece of season one of American Horror Story so far. Is truly every scene just people getting attacked by Infantata or whatever, and then the next scene being like, "Yeah, I don't know, your boyfriend's weird." <laughs> like, <it's- laughs> yeah, it, and, and like I think that scene resolves itself by like Patrick being like, "Don't tell Chad, like our marriage is on the rocks," and like. There's like oh, an unspoken right. like Ben being like, ah, I'm a oh, piece of yeah. shit who cheats on my spouse too. Well, um, that meme of like the two hands <laughs> meeting and like the muscular arms. Um, that's <laughs> happening in this scene and in the next scene with Chad and Vivian who are bonding over having uh, unfaithful spouses. <laughs> um, both parties in both marriages are bonding over um, their spouse being a certain way. Uh, and Chad and Vivian are talking about um, Patrick being unfaithful uh and then kind of chad's like oh yeah i caught him by looking at the phone records you can delete text but you can't delete the bill right that's the only thing that matters in this scene is that he informs vivian that phone records exist yeah which you know um you would probably think about um like not to trauma dump i've been cheated on uh, and because of that i am aware of ways you can check to see if you're being cheated on uh, it's a pretty universal experience almost uh, to know like, hey, if I needed to find out if someone was cheating on me, this is how I could do it. Uh, yeah. So it's weird that Vivi never had the that easiest, thought. Yeah, like one of the most step one things is see if they are constantly texting or talking to each other. I remember when I was 15 having people who like, or, you know, like folks would like grab their phone from their significant other and like go through their text mm-hmm. and shit like that. It's, it's so common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like you said, it's literally just like, everyone knows this. Everyone knows this about phones. So I don't know, Do you know- why they felt the need to have an entire scene to introduce these characters, to bring these characters in just to, tell Vivian who has been cheated on and knows it that phone record you know exists. you know what? I feel like it's one of those things in movies where the writer kind of flexes on you with something where it's like oh if you shake up a can of soda you can twirl it around the Coriolis soaks makes it so it doesn't blow up in your face and it's like oh that's a cute little fact and maybe helps a character sure but it's American Horror Stories kindergarten level like you can get phone records by calling the phone company and there's like one jerk <laughs> in the audience writing down like that's great advice thank you but everyone else is like yeah no shit. So, yeah, and that's um 
pretty much all that's established from this batshit insane sequence of events that happens over the course of three minutes. Um, and that's about, and you about might say, the halfway point. You- and you might say to yourself, well, surely Ben's using a burner phone or whatever. There's no way he would have the worst OPSEC on the planet. He wouldn't just be using his main phone to call his mistress and plan trips to go to where his mistress lives. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I, I'm, I think to be fair to our audience, no one was saying that because it's like this guy won't give a thousand bucks to Larry the big murder. You know what I mean? Like, no yeah. way. <laughs> he has not thought that far ahead. Not Ben Harmon. I mean, without without giving away the context in which he says it later in the episode um, that we'll get to next week, um, Ben says, I was so dumb as a kid. It was a surprise that I became a doctor. You know what, Ben? Uh, yeah. You're right. It is surprising that you became a doctor because you're dumb as shit. I think the surprising <laughs> thing is that you're still one. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Oh, next week's episode, you're going to see how much he shouldn't be one because it is extreme. He does. He does the wildest thing I've ever seen a psychologist slash psychiatrist slash mental health therapist do. It oh my god, you're not gonna want to miss it because what in the hell? You oh, oh. <laughs> time to show up at a meeting with a minor at an undisclosed location <laughs> for me to do mental health therapy. Oh, oh my well, god, yeah. I think that's all we're gonna cover the episode <laughs> this week. Um, so you'll need to come back next week for the second half of Halloween part, part one. You'll have to come back for the second part of Halloween part one, not Halloween part two. That'll be in, that'll be an additional week. Think of it like Mario levels. This is one, one next week you get one, two. And then after that you get two, one. Thank you. I only understand things if they're explained to me through video game metaphors. I appreciate that a lot. Uh, Well, till next time, folks. Thanks. (laughs) Bye.